Lord, have your way, have your way in me. Glory to God in the highest. We worship you. We thank you. We praise you tonight, Lord Jesus. Savior, King of kings, Lord of glory, Master, we give you the honor and the praise. You are the only one worthy of our highest praise, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a privilege, what an honor, what a blessing to be in your presence, O oh God. Incomparable, 
unchangeable. You see the depths of my heart, and you love me the same. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see the depths of my heart, and you love me the same. Yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah. What profound words that he knows our hearts, and he loves us. Incomparable, unchangeable, you see the depths of my heart, and you love me the same. You are amazing, God. One more time, say why. Incomparable, unchangeable. You see the depths of my heart. You love me the same. You are amazing, God. Incomparable, unchangeable. You see the depths of my heart. Tony likes it. Uh, I'm going to do an offermony. So it's a little bit offering, a little bit testimony. Amen. I hope you guys don't mind. So when I was thinking about um, what, what scripture to use for offering, um, I started thinking a lot about uh, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And so I went back to the scripture where he talks about Jehovah Jireh, which is uh, Genesis 22. And um, you know, I'm, I'm going to fast forward, but I think most of you know <clears throat> Abraham finally had the promised son, Isaac, and um, God uh, asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac on the altar, so he took him up 
um, to where he normally did sacrifices and tied Isaac to the, to the stones and, and the place that he set up. And, um, you know, Isaac was like, Daddy, what are you doing? You know, even though I, I think, and, you know, I'll refer to the theologian behind me, but Isaac was probably much older than a child. He was either a teenager or a young adult. Um, but he was obedient to his father, and he allowed his father to tie him and, like, set him on fire, essentially. And right as um, Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac, God told him, no, don't stop. Now I, like, I know where your heart is now. And um, in verse 13, it says, Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the place, The Lord will provide, or as we know it, Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And then it says, and then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and you have not withheld your only son, blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice and then he took his son and went to meet with his staff for lack of a better word and went back down to Beersheba and it just started me thinking about the things that we value you know money for one I think most people value money um, above all else sometimes more than their health more than their children people you know I think for a long time I was poor and I'm not poor anymore I'm not rich but I'm not poor anymore and not spiritually or in the natural, amen, because I was both at some point. Um, but I think we, we often think if we had money, everything would be all right. And it's just not so. It's just more money, more problems. I don't know what rap, I wish Nate were here, he would know. But, you know, more money, more problems in many ways. It does solve some problems, you know, and it, it allows you to give and uh, be a giver, but you know, like we always say, if you don't give a penny, you're not gonna give 100, right? If you don't give 10 cents, you're not gonna give 20. So it's this uh, relationship that we have with money that sometimes is out of whack, and that's why sometimes people have trouble giving money in church, right? Because they think they're giving it to the pastor, to the this, to the that. And all of that is true, in a sense. We, we need to pay for the building. We need lights, we need heat in the winter, we need AC in the summer, but when you're giving, you're not really giving unto the house because it's a relationship between you and God is what you're giving is showing. It doesn't matter where it goes. It doesn't matter if it goes to keeping the lights on in Calvary or paying for Calvary and the taxes and the mortgage on Calvary. It's really a relationship with you and God. And this became very evident to me about two months ago I had a procedure on my knee. I think most of you know I've been limping since like February. <laughs> so I finally had to have a procedure on my knee where they like cleaned it up and whatever that means. Doctors tell you things and you're like, okay. Um, 
I had a lot of concerns. I'm going to call them concerns because if I say worry, people on the internet are going to lose their mind. But I had some concerns about the procedure, about my recovery. You know, I live alone, so I'm like, well, who's going to help me? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And, you know, I just kept hearing Jaira, right? Jehovah Jaira, I'm your provider, I'm your provider, I'm your provider. And in the past, I have tend to go to this place of, oh, if I were married or if I had six kids, I would be having these issues. I'd have a bunch of people around to help me when I go through things like this. But just to show you how good God is, because I am a tither and I am a giver, every single step of the way, people showed up. I didn't have to call. I didn't have to lift a finger. I'm telling you, people sent me breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Thank God for Uber Eats and whatever else, right? People sent me flowers. People sent me edible arrangements. People were cooking for me. My brother came and like cleaned my whole house from, you know, pillar to post because, you know, with the knee for so many months, I could only do like surface cleaning. And my brother came one weekend and really, like, he got in there like you wouldn't believe. And everyone just, one of my girlfriends came and spent the night, a couple of nights with me. And she, you know, you know you have a real good girlfriend when she helps you take a bath. You know, because I couldn't get the leg wet, so I couldn't get in the shower, so I had to do one of those sponge bath situations. And even that, you can't really do. My leg was like swollen twice the size I literally couldn't move even like getting in bed and, and she kept getting me ice and helping me lift my leg and it just it touched me so deeply how my friends and my family just rallied around and I literally wanted for nothing I'm telling you meals were coming every day from various people just seeking to bless me many of which are in this church so I thank each and every one of you that did that. But it just once again reminded me that he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. There was not, I had need of, not, people were picking me up every day, taking me to work, bringing me back home. I'm, I'm telling you, every need was met because I couldn't even drive. They wouldn't allow me to drive for a little over two weeks. And it just, people were calling, what can I do? How can I help? You know, and I don't want to start naming names because I'm going to forget one. But they were like, I'm going to Costco. I'm going to stop and shop. What do you need? What do you need? And then there's all the people that were just praying because I had really a speedy recovery. Um, and, and it really went well. So even in the prayers of the saints, God was blessing and providing because he is truly Jehovah Jireh. So it makes you think, what if I had withheld the tithe? What if I had not given offerings? What if I had not sown seed? What would my situation have been? And it reminded me of Abraham. Like, God asked Abraham for really his only son because he didn't really acknowledge I, um, Ishmael and he sent Ishmael away with his mother. God is not asking you for your only child. He's asking for a tenth. And we can't even do that. And it makes you think, where are our priorities? You know, I say all the time, if God had asked me for Dante, none of us would be here today, because I'd be like, oh, sorry, God, ask me for anything else. Not him, not him, you know? Um, but thank God I wasn't Abraham, amen? Or the promises and through the seed of David and Jesse came Jesus. So I, I just say all of that to say that it's time to give, amen?
And if you think about all that he does for you, not just monetarily, but like I said, people just showed up for me in a huge way, in ways I couldn't even have imagined. I was thinking, well, I'm going to have to take cabs. I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to do that. And I had to do none of it. I had not a care in the world. So I just want to give glory and thanks to God. Thank you for listening to my offer, Moni. Um, but it's time to give. Amen. So everybody stand. Those of you online, in a few minutes, they're going to give you directions on how to give. You go to calvaryny.org uh, forward slash forward slash give. Um, so please give. Do not spare. You cannot give God. Um, so as everyone, lift your offering, whatever offering you have to the Lord. Father, we thank you and we bless you, Lord God. Father God, I pray that you bless your people who are giving, some of which are giving out of their abundance, some are giving out of obligation, some are giving sacrificially, Father God, but I ask that you bless each and every one of them, that you remove whatever obstacles are in their way, Father God, that you would open up the windows of heaven over them, that they will not have enough room, Lord God, to store all that you would give them. Bless them in every area of their lives. Whatever they have need of, Lord God, I ask that you provide it today, Lord God, that you will go into each and every home, Lord, everybody on the internet, Lord God, whatever their need is, Lord, that you would supply because you are the God of the exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think, Father. And we know that it's not always money that people need. They have other needs, Father. But I thank you that you are faithful. You are faithful, Lord God, because you are Jehovah Jireh, their provider, Father. When you blessed Abraham, you didn't just bless him financially. You blessed him with seed and generations and a legacy and blessings upon blessings upon blessings and long life and longevity, Father God. And those are the kind of blessings we want here for our people. Those are the kind of blessings we want to overtake us in this season, Father. So, Father God, we give you the glory, we give you the honor, and we give you the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Please follow the instruction of the ushers.
She traveled all day to get here from far and wide, all the way from Throg's Neck. I don't know if any of you know Throg's Neck, um, but it's with great pleasure and honor that I introduce my dear sister, my friend, and for the first time uh, preaching since her ordination, Minister Brenda Medina. <laughs> Amen, amen, amen. Good evening. It's so good to be home, guys. Uh, worshiping in the sanctuary is so different than worshiping at home. I really enjoyed it, thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't know if you guys online saw my flags, but that was me, yeah. I was searching for them. They were hiding from me for a little while, but I found them. They're back out. I want to sit down today. I think this is a good position for me. Um, when Tony asked me to preach tonight, I automatically, almost instantaneously said, I'm not preaching from this verse. So I decided to go through the book of Psalms because we're reading from Psalms. And I said, I'm going to find, I, and I, liked, I wanted to find a verse that, you know, I usually haven't, that I hadn't read. read that I wasn't familiar with, and I wanted, you know, that was my heart's desire. That didn't quite happen. Um, what ended up happening is I ended up going around in circles because I didn't want to preach from this verse. And then on Sunday, finally, right before service ended, Pastor Mingo 
gave the verse. And I said, all right, God, I give up. So here we go. Um, it's found 139, 1 through 18. Oh, Lord, you've searched me thoroughly, and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. My entire life, everything I do, you understand my thoughts from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down, and you are intimately acquainted with all my ways. By the way, this is the Amplified Version. Even before there is a word on my tongue still unspoken, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before, and you've placed your hand upon me. Such infinite, let's try that again. Such infinite knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high above me. I can't reach it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in Shoal, the neither world, the place of the dead, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, and if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there, your hand will lead me, and your right hand will take hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me, and the night will be the only light around me, even the darkness is not dark to you and conceals nothing from you, but the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are like to you. For you formed my innermost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You formed my innermost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will give thanks and praise to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret, and intricately and skillfully formed, as if embroidered with many colors in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all, were all written the days that were appointed for me, when as yet there was not one of them even taken shape. Your eyes had seen, sorry, rewind. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret and intricately and skillfully formed as if embroidered with many colors in the depths of the earth. That's not the one I wanted to read over. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were appointed for me, when as yet there was not one of them even taken place. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Father, I just come before you tonight, oh God, first thanking you and giving you the glory and the honor and the praise, oh God. Father, thanking you for giving me the opportunity to be here tonight, oh God. Father, you gave this to me, oh God. Now I pray you preach it through me, oh Lord. And Father, that they would receive it as you've given it to me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I like the way 139.16 reads in the New Living Translation. 
It says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day was passed. <sighs> this is a deep one, guys. So the reason why I really didn't want to do this verse was because I kind of taught on it at the retreat. I taught on Jeremiah. Well, I was teaching on the prodigal son, and God used me, or God led me to Jeremiah, I'm sorry. I'm going to tell you right now. I got it right here. Where was I? Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And that was a deep teaching, right? Because the word knew had a heavy... The word knew was heavy and rich in that verse. And you know, sometimes we hear, you know, you think about people that you know. You can say, oh, you know, her hair is dark. Oh, you know, I know her favorite meal. You know, she likes lasagna. She likes to read books. Hey, she likes to take walks in the park, right? In the evening. But that wasn't the new that God knew, that God was using. It was an intimate thing. It was, it, it went past. It was kind of like, I knew all the hairs on your head. I, I know your weaknesses. I know what makes you tick. I know about the hurts and the pains in your life. It's kind of like that, and yet he still chose you. He still loved you. He still, he still is interested in you. You know, the things that you think count you out are the things that God says, I know. And I still love you in spite of. When he said, I knew you, it was, I mean, we know that God probably doesn't have the five senses, but the way that it was used, the word in Hebrew carried, like if we used our five senses to describe something, it was, it was that passionate. It wasn't, you know, uh, oh, from a distance. It was so deep. It was so real. It was, it was, the word is used in the Bible as in when a husband knows his wife intimately. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And after that teaching, I, I thought to myself, like, what else can I bring tonight? What else can I say? So the verse, although it's not, it's used in Psalms, it had the same connotation, so I was hesitant to bring it. And then I, I sat down and I finally decided, okay, I'm going to read the verse. I'm going to read it like uh, I'm going to look to see, oh God. And the first sentence blew me away. Well, verse 16. Your eyes had seen me had seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were appointed to me, when as yet none of them had ever taken shape. And you know what I realized when I read that? I realized that before you were, your situations were. 
You know, a lot of times human nature says that I want to fix things before I come to God because I don't want God to see my messes. And for the first time reading that verse, I realized that your situations existed before you did. Your circumstances, your hurts, your pains, the things that hold you back, the things that you think sell you short, they existed way before you even took your first breath. That means that when God created you, he created you as an answer to the problem. Your shortcomings somehow, some way, work out in a way that, that bring him glory in the process. In seeing that, you realize that it's no longer your responsibility to try to fix your issues on your own. God had already seen the issue. He had already seen the problem. And all you have to do is keep living, right? Partner with the one that, made, that created you. God made you as an answer to a problem. He looked at the story and he created the answer. You are not an afterthought. Because sometimes we think that it's our fault. That we're never going to that we're disqualified because of the things that we did, because of the things that happened, because of the things that you never accomplished, that disqualifies you. And there's no way that you're going to do what God has placed in your heart that you have to do or that you're called to do. But you see, in spite of those things, you'll still accomplish it because God knew the situation when he created you. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we, that we should walk in them. God created it beforehand. You know what it also means? It also means that your imperfections were perfectly designed by God. And sometimes the thing that you think that sells you short it's the thing that brings God glory. God intended it to be that way. That way you would know that when you get to where you're supposed to be, it was never you. It was never you. It was him in you. There's so much God has placed within you, but you'll never see it if you can't get past the I can'ts. I can't denies us access to the hidden potential within us. We look at the people around, okay. I started to look at that scripture also, and I realized that everything I will ever need to do what God has called me to do is already in me. When God created me, the Bible says that he went to a secret place. He did it in secret, and he did it quiet. And it says that the word... As he created you, he did, he, there was a reverence. Like sometimes you don't honor you, but God honored you. And the reason why he can do that is because he knows what he's placed within you, right? A lot of times we focus on what we don't have. 
And the reason why we do that is because we're so busy looking at the people that are around us, right? We create what we think is the super person, the person that's going to be able to accomplish what God has called you to do. When the reality is everything that you need is within. Everything that you will ever need, God has placed within. And I got to... I also realized that there are times or the importance of the people that God has placed around me, right? Because uh, the Bible spends a lot of time talking to us about the importance of building relationships with our brothers and our sisters. The Bible asks, I, I remember when Cain, when God asked, or when Cain asked God, am I my brother's keeper? And as I began to read the scripture, I realized that I am my brother's keeper. Because not only did God place within me stuff for me, but there are some things that I'm called to walk alongside my brothers and sisters. I help carry their burdens, right? But if I don't have relationship with my brothers and sisters, if I'm not in relationship with them, then they'll never have the help that they need in order to, to get to where they're going. I don't know why I'm so nervous, guys, today, but today is, is rough for me. Pray for me. Pastor taught us that everything man has ever needed has been here on earth from the beginning in raw form. Even though they didn't need it right away, right? Because cars were here from the beginning. In the Old Testament, they didn't need the cars, but God had already placed it here because he knew that sometime in the present, you know, we would need it today. And he put it all here. And that when I started to think about the verse and I started to think about the importance of relationship, I realized that it's all in raw form, but it's up to me to cultivate it. it in cultivating relationships, sometimes I'm able to cultivate the things that I need for my future, right? Because just because God placed you in my life in this season, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to use you in this season for whatever. You could be carrying something from my future seasons. I submit to you today that everything you need to accomplish the plan and purpose of, of God is already in you. It's just in raw form. So, This is why we need computers, guys. I started to look when it said that he had placed a hedge of protection before me and behind me and what that meant. And the word that was used was shomar. And what it meant was that he was guarding generally to protect. To preserve, to regard. And I realized to watch. And I realized that there's some things in my life that need to be preserved, right? That everything that God shows you isn't for right this second. There's some things that are preserved for future season. Not always 
In Proverbs 27:17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences another. And you know what it is? God's word is God's word, right? It didn't say that God was going to use the people that I like, the people that I get along with. It said that iron sharpened iron, and usually that's two rough materials. So I also realize that God will sometimes use people that I don't get along with. And not for nothing, if they hold the key to my future, then I have to figure out how to get along with them, right or wrong. I have to figure out what it is that they have for my life. So what I've learned through this verse also is that I need to start taking account of the people that are around me. Just because I don't understand them doesn't mean that I don't have to love on them because I have to realize that if they're in my life, then it's with a plan. It's with a purpose. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. The reason why I use that verse is because I realize that God is the only one that knows everything that has to do with me. He knows past, present, and future alike. He knows all things. And if I want to be able to walk the way that he's called me to walk, then my relationship with him is very important. I have to draw close to him. I have to know because God sees it all, he knows it all, and he's, he's in control of it all, right? And in order for me to do that, sometimes that means that I got to get out the driver's seat. Not only is he intimately acquainted with me, but also with the people around me. Acts 10, 34 from the message says, Peter fairly exploded with his good news, with his good news. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from, if you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. After reading this verse, after reading these verses, the reason why I wanted to bring it to you guys today is because we get caught up. We get caught up in what's happening in our lives, on the burdens that we carried, how heavy they were, the things that we missed out. And then you figure that you add that to what's happening now, right? A lot of times you feel like you don't meet the mark, like you don't measure up, like you're not enough, like you don't have enough, like you don't do enough. And you know, and, and those burdens get tied in with the future burdens, which is I'm never gonna, um, I'm not where I should be, I'm never going to measure up. I, I don't have enough. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get to where God is going to take me. And what these verses showed me was that my situations were laid out to God way before I took my first breath. 
he sat down and he looked it over. And he went step by step, every step of the way, and he looked to see where I was going. And he made a way. So when my situations get rough, as they sometimes do, I got to know that God is in the middle. And I got to sit down and I have to look to see where is it that he's calling me to and what is it that he's doing next. And trust that he's in the process, that he's in the picture. That means to me that I don't do it alone. What it also means to me is that if I trust him, if I look to him, I'm going to accomplish what he's called me to accomplish. I'm going to take hold of the things that he's promised me. It means that I'm not alone, right? It means that along the way, he's going to show me where he's hidden provision. Because there's so much hidden provision along the way. And that means that he's with me, most importantly. Even when it doesn't feel like he is. Even when he's quiet. And even when I don't know how to reach the next step. I got to trust and believe that he's there. And that's where, you know, I find myself today, right? You know, I, I put this together, and I put the verses together, and before I got here, I was like, Lord, I don't even know how I'm going to put this together. Like, I, I, I couldn't figure it. Last night, it sounded all great, and this morning, it was like, ah. And I pray that if you take any, anything away from this message, you take that that God is always with us, that nothing comes to him by surprise, that he neither sleeps nor does he slumber, but he's there every step of the way, that he loves you, not because he has to guess, not because he's obligated to or because he's forced to, but because he's been with you every step of the way. He's watched you every moment, and he loves you not because he has to, but because he chooses to, because he understands your struggles to some degree, more than you do. Because a lot of times we're confused. We don't understand why we struggle the way that we struggle. We don't know what, what, what are the things that hold us back, what the obstacles are. But he knows because he's seen it. He saw it long before you did. And his desire is, is to help you get through. You know, a lot of the times we're running blind and he's trying to point it out. He's saying, hey, stop, stop running, and look, look, this is what the issue is. And I think that the issue's way back there, but the issue's really right in front of me. And God in his infinite love is saying, hey, you want me to take care of that, but I want to deal with this right here. I want you to look at this. So know that you're loved. Know that God knows exactly what you're going through and that he's here with you in the here and now. And that because your situations existed long before you did, that means that you don't have to figure it out on your own. It means that he's here to figure it out with you. So, Father, tonight, oh God, we just come before you, oh Lord, I pray, oh God, that each person here, oh God, would take away, oh God, something from this word, oh God. Whatever it was that you meant for, for them to take, oh God. 
Father, I know that you've called me tonight to bring this word forward, oh God. And even in the, the manner that it was brought forward, I know, oh God, that you are God, oh God. And Lord, that you're able to make something out of nothing, oh God. Father, that you can bring out, oh God, that which was specifically for each person here, oh God. And Father, that you can give it to them, oh God. I pray, oh God, that you open up eyes of the understanding and you give them revelation, oh God. That you speak, oh God. Father, that if anything was left out, oh God. Father, that you add, oh God. Your word is a chameleon kind of word, oh God, and it's able to go into every situation, every circumstance, oh God. Father, I pray, oh God, that you would touch the hearts that you've called, oh God. And my God, that you bring yourself glory. I thank you in advance for all that you're doing, oh God. I thank you, oh God, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hello? Wasn't that a good word? How, how often we think we have to carry things on our own, right? How often do we think that he doesn't love us because we can't hear or we don't know why things are happening the way they're happening? Thank you for sharing that word, sis, uh, minister. We needed to hear it. Um, Brother Baez, uh, Deacon Baez, can I ask you to come up? There's just a few prayer requests. If you could lift up, um, continue to lift up Minister Julio and lift up Ghislaine's family. Thank you. Amen. Let us stand and reach out and pray uh, at this moment for uh, Minister Julio and Sister Ghislaine. Father, we come before you at this moment, my Lord. Thank you for the word that we receive, my Lord Jesus Christ. So important, my Lord God, that we hand everything unto you. But at this moment, my Lord Jesus, we also want to present Minister Julio Maldonado, that he has gone through a operation and surgery, my Lord God. I know that the situation is delicate, my Lord. His health is delicate right now. But Father God, you know everything, my Lord, beforehand, my Lord God. So I ask you right now, Lord Jesus, whatever the situation may be, Lord God, we intercede for him. Father God, we intercede for his recovery. We intercede for his health. We intercede, my Lord, for his emotional, Father God, feelings right now, my Lord God. I, I, you know, we can't imagine what he's going through, Lord God. But you know, Lord God. So I present you, Lord God. Minister Julio at this time, my Lord, and I ask you in the name of Jesus, put your mighty hand, Father God, and put your powerful healing over him, my Lord God. Father God, everything in order, my Lord, in the name of Jesus, my Lord. You have everything under control, my Lord God. I also, Lord God, I plead for uh, Delma, Lord God, also, Lord God, that she's there to try to do the best she can, even though, Lord God, she's also going through this this emotional uh, distress my lord you haven't taken care of her husband and then working my lord and also still with her son my lord god and the household father i ask you to bring peace my lord in her heart my lord in the mighty name of jesus peace 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 my lord god father god we want to hear a good report lord jesus christ a good report my lord 
because for you all things are possible nothing is impossible my lord god you know everything that we go through my dear lord jesus christ i ask you father god i also lord god i present uh sister Jeslaine, my lord god that she has uh, had her other brother uh pass on to lord god father god i understand that she lost another brother on a uh, previously too, Lord Jesus Christ. Father, also, my Lord, I ask you, my Lord, to bring peace in her heart and her family. You know, my Lord God, we know that she has been faithful, Lord God, faithful in, in the kingdom, my Lord God, faithful to the congregation, faithful to brothers and sisters that she received at the door, Lord God, a, a woman, mighty woman of God, Lord God, with a wonderful family, my Lord, her son, sons and daughter, Lord God, I ask you, Lord God, that everything is in order, Lord God. Bring peace, my Lord. In the middle of the night, intercede, Lord God. We intercede for her. In the middle of the night, my Lord, sweet dreams and pleasant sleep, my Lord. And that, Father God, you breathe, my Lord, a breath of fresh air in her, in her heart, my Lord Jesus Christ. Make her whole, Lord God. And that we hope to see her soon, Lord God. And then realize, Lord God, that these are things that we go through in life, my Lord God. Everybody goes through a certain situation and this is the situation that is, is, is at hand so father god i ask you lord jesus christ we hope to see her soon and knowing lord god that there is a congregation that is praying and interceding for her lord god that the holy spirit be testimony lord god that we are with her my lord we are for her and that lord god that you are in control and you're going to suit everything out my lord everything is going to be okay in Jesus' name I pray, and I thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity. Amen and amen. And Father God, now I'm going to ask you, Lord God, for giving us traveling mercies as we uh, finish this, this wonderful service, my Lord God. We thank you for the devotional, my Lord. We thank you for the worship team, my Lord God, that was up there. Everything that went on, we do it for the honor and glory of God, Lord Jesus Christ. We it's important to be in the house of the Lord, my Lord God. It's important to be here, my Lord God, even if it's on a Friday evening, Lord God. For there are no different days, my Lord, for you, my Lord, in the kingdom. Father God, there's no other days, my Lord. Each and every day is a, is, a, is a day for the Lord, and we must put you first, my Lord God. If we learn to put you first, my Lord God, everything else is secondary. Everything will be put in order, Lord God, if we are faithful. So, Father God, I ask you to give us traveling mercies. Uh, Lord God, that we're able to, Father God, reach our home safely and have a, a good night's sleep and wake up refreshed for the next day tomorrow, Lord God. And also I pray for Sunday service, Lord God, as we gather again, my Lord, with the congregation. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God, for all of this. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Have a pleasant evening.